Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the True Sweetheart Podcast. Thank you, thank you for being on here. So far, we have just, we've had so many amazing guests and I always get excited when I meet new people. And today's guest is Lee Chambers. Um, he, man, reading his, his little background here, it's, it's definitely a, a powerful one. I love asking people their why, and his why is, you know, he's battled through redundancy, mental health issues, and he lost the ability to walk in 2014 at the age of 29 when his son was only 18 months old and his wife was six months pregnant. So, you know, him, his purpose and his mission now is to help people get through their own challenges, see the growth that they come from, from their suffering, and to become empowered to make a change themselves and forge their own true path in life. So I can't wait for you to hear how he even, you know, continues his strength day in and day out. So Lee, thank you so much for being on here. And where are you, where are you calling us from again? So I'm from Preston in the United Kingdom, which is not far from Manchester. So up in the north. Oh, wow. So tell us, I know I read some of your background, but tell us more about all of this. I mean, so you, yeah, no, you go ahead and tell us. I don't want to spoil everything. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just, just a little, little bit about me. I, I grew up in the UK. Uh, I was part of a family where we just had enough money to get by. So I had food on the table and roof over my head. And I was the first one in my whole family to go to university. So that was seen as a big achievement. But I had quite, I str quite struggled at university with the transition from be becoming, transitioning to being an adolescent into an adult. I really struggled to find and define who I was going to be as a man. So that kind of put me on a path where I, I fell out of uni and then had to go back again. Uh, but I did manage to then graduate uh, and bounce back to then go out into the corporate world, straight into the financial crash in 2008. So I got myself a job, worked really, really hard, was about to start my special training and all that was taken away, the job, the training. So I had to bounce back again. I ended up setting up a business and going working in a number of different industries, trying to find what I wanted to do. And then I unfortunately lost the ability to walk it was over the course of a week I went from fully independent fully mobile to in a hospital bed my joints locked in place seriously ill and wondering what my future was yet in so many ways through all those challenges I've realized that if you take ownership on the other side of the few things that you can control suddenly you can be proactive with those and really push on further and through all those little bumps in my road I've managed to come back again and I almost see our life is like a like a heartbeat, like an ECG, constantly up and down, up and down. And if it was flat, we'd be dead. So we wouldn't have that uncertainty and we wouldn't have that challenge that makes us grow. So yeah, all those challenges and all the opportunities that I've had, I combine them together and now I help individuals and businesses to understand just how powerful our health is just how big an asset our mental health and our bodies are and how important it is for businesses to be purposeful and conscious of their employees as 
people who can be developed, who can be appreciated, and who can grow and become more within a business rather than be worked so hard and so uncared for that they become disillusioned and, and not motivated. That, that's an, an incredible. I mean, how do they ever find out why you suddenly stopped being able to walk? Yeah, so what they actually found is that my immune system, so some of my white blood cells, I've started to think that some of the tissue in my joints was an infection. So it had almost reprogrammed itself to attack me. So my, my own immune system was attacking my joints and that caused them to lock in place, which then caused large amounts of swelling, which effectively pushed my joints around in a really awkward way. And that just left me stuck in hospital and obviously facing many challenges at a time in my life when in so many ways it's, it started to, you know, really go up. And in the year before my son had been born, I'd got married to my wife and we'd bought our first house and gone on together and gone on honeymoon. And all of a sudden you think you're on this, you know, way to uh, happily ever after. And then life strikes you with a bolt of lightning and really makes you look inside yourself and think. But in that time in my hospital bed, I started to realize after that initial shock where I'm like, oh, I'm not even 30. And suddenly I don't know what's going to happen. So that shock hit me at first. And after the shock came the, like, the disappointment, like the doesn't seem very fair, the why me? And then after that came the grief of suddenly, what if I can't walk again? I've kind of lost my physicality and my mobility, things that I as a man attached to quite a bit. But after that, in the second week, what actually happened is all of a sudden, I started to realise there's people coming here to help me shower, to help me eat, to move me around. I've not been that grateful for these amazing people who are now caring for me. I've walked around the planet for 29 years and never once have I thought, it's amazing that I can walk. And I started to think, actually, I've grown up in the first world. I've always had food. I've always had shelter. I've had free education. I'm now getting free healthcare. I've had lots of opportunities to learn, lots of opportunities to work in industry, the freedom to set up a business. I've not had to face war, not had to face poverty. Why should I lie here and be ungrateful? And that really sparks a fire in me to think, okay, so... This disease, I can't control it. It's happened to me. I'm going to have it for the rest of my life, but I'm going to take ownership. I'm going to say, I'm going to attack it as much as it's attacking me. And not long after I was discharged from hospital, my daughter was born and I kind of saw her there. I had to adapt so many parts of my life because I couldn't get around properly. And yet she was there as a baby and I decided she's going to learn so much over this next year. And in that, she's going to learn to walk again. By the time she's walking, I'm going to be walking as well. And as I saw her start to learn to do little things and sit up and feed herself, I was like, this is, it's coming. And I need to grow as much as she's growing. And I almost need to start again. Think about like all the basics and be self-aware like a little baby is because you come into the world and you've not got all the baggage You've not got all these beliefs that you've picked up from your childhood, from your experiences. You're just pure, you're you. And I kind of decided to pull all my beliefs back and start again. 
and try and build the person that I was authentically. And in so many ways, that's kind of made me realize there's a lot of gifts that everyone has to give to the world. And I have a real resonance with military veterans, with lower limb injuries and amputees because they also lost a part of their physicality and have adapted and acclimatized back to civilian world. And in so many ways, you just realize it's not just you. So many other people have had a shared human experience. Some people haven't had the mobility from birth. And I started to think if I was an orphan in, on the other side of the world, I wouldn't have had anyone to care for me. Maybe not a hospital to lie in. Maybe no treatment or medication to help me on my way. And it just really made me think I need to go out there and help other people, empower them to make choices that they want to help them find their path so they can be empowered to help others as well. Oh my gosh, this is, I'm absolutely impressed. Uh, at such a young age, I say 29 is young, <laughs> uh, because sometimes, you know, 29 year olds are still trying to find their, their way, but you, you took this experience and tried to make it into a positive one. And I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking about two years ago when I was in a car accident and I was in the hospital for five weeks, I was so mad at the world, like why me, why this guy have to hit us, why my daughter, why, 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 and I had to be reminded constantly that God has obviously had a purpose because he kept me alive through something that no one knew how we survived from, and yeah. so, you know, after I felt sorry for myself and was angry and I had to learn how to walk again, I had to learn how to use my arm, all these things, I had to learn to be grateful because it could have been worse and yeah. I couldn't be here. So I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, my gosh, you know, it's just, we can learn so much from these experiences instead of feeling sorry for ourselves. We kind of need to look deeper and realize what we should be grateful for. And so you're still here you had something that just came out of the blue and you turned it into a positive message. And even, and I love how you, you were going to walk when your daughter started walking. So it was like this goal and you wanted to show her how, you know, how, how it is to be so strong and both mentally and physically, because I'm sure you had to train yourself to want to continue to get up every day and start again. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think it, it's incredible. And now you want to help other people and not a lot of people can do that when we go through such a traumatic experience. Um, we kind of want to give up and we don't know how to help other people. So you are now, so you created, so you're a well-being consultant and the founder of Essentialized Workplace Wellbeing. And so now, how did you decide that you wanted to start something like this? Was it from all these experiences that you decided I need to like build a business around this so I could continue to help other people? Yeah, so it, in so many ways, it comes from that. So when I, was, when I was working, my corporate job was as a financial well-being consultant. So I would go and help people to get their finances right. And that really fulfilled my desire to 
work with statistics and to help people at the same time. Obviously, that was taken away due to the credit crunch. And I then went into local government working with unemployed people to help them get back into the workplace. So again, I was helping them build the confidence, find the job that they wanted, and then giving them the, the training around the communication skills so they could go to interview and really clearly express why they wanted to be there, why they wanted to work there. And that, again, when, when these people came in and they didn't really know, and I'll kind of help them from questioning them and unpeeling them a little bit like an onion to find out you know, what gold was inside them ready to go and express to the world. It was really fulfilling. And that actually led me to do qualifications around nutrition and training and soccer coaching. So I actually got to spend six months working in sports performance, which then showed me the other side, performance at an elite level, the tiniest little gains that you try and get and how much experimentation and testing and money was spent on that. And that opened my eyes to what's possible, but also made me think this time and energy could be spent on your typical person and it would change so many lives. And it was at that point that I got struck down and lay flat on a hospital bed. And because I'd been through that experience and I got those qualifications and I've been in those different industries and in those different positions, really what it was is putting all that together so I gradually started to learn how to coach people and how to ask powerful questions and start to unpeel people so they could get the, they could really get that alignment with what they want. And then I could encourage and empower them forward. And I kind of said, I want to bring this to a bigger scale, start to work inside companies and bring it there because I'll be able to impact more people if I can go into a company and speak to different departments. So I kind of said to myself, by the time my daughter starts school, because I know that if I spend the time with them now, I'll not regret it because when they go to school, I won't see them as much. And I'll be able to do my business during the day and go into the companies. So I made that decision to wait until my daughter started school and she started in September. So I started building up the delivery into the companies in July last year. And it's just gone from there and really flied through as it's got I mean with with the whole situation at the moment things have changed slightly but in so many ways that crisis has made me innovate and pivot slightly and be a bit more creative with what I do and in so many ways it's just that you have when you have that passion and I kind of remember back to having to wake up in the morning and do everything before I went to walk in rehab and then before I went into physio and there were some mornings where you're in so much pain sort of stiff don't want to do it and yet I decided in my mind I'd made that decision so I was going to be walking again so I cut off any other option so what that actually meant was I decided I'm not going to do what I feel I'm going to do what I want to become so I said my identity is someone who's back walking again and therefore my actions will be I will do what the necessary exercises, the necessary stretches, the necessary appointments. And then I will feel good because I've not lied to myself. I've kept my promise that I'm going to become that. And in so many ways we in life, we want to, we want to be something. 
and then that we want to be, we then do something, and then we, we kind of hope that it's going to work. But in so many ways, it's about it's not about what you get; it's about what you become on that journey. And waking up that morning, it made me more resilient. It made my mindset more proactive. It actually started to make me think, I can do it because I'm already doing it every day, little baby steps. And even on those days where I couldn't step as far and the angles on how I could move my knee were less, I still felt like I was going forward because I knew I had more good days than bad. And really when those times were hard, I had that power of why my family running in the garden with my children. And when you have a motive, you don't need motivation. You will do it. You will get there. And you will have that willpower to push through the pain sometimes. You push through when it's cold and when it's wet. When you, Because you never, when I kind of think about some of the things that I've heard over the years and the people that I've spoke to, something that really stuck in my mind was when people go through SEAL training. And the truth is, you don't need SEALs on a sunny day. You need them when it's raining, when it's cold, when it's hard. And that really solidifies the idea. It's not, you don't need to have every day sunny, but when it's not sunny, you still need to turn up and be there for yourself, to be honest to yourself. That's incredible. I, I'm just listening to you and I'm, and I'm in awe because your strength is just like, it's, I can feel it through the screen. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I, you know, I, I used to, I didn't always do all my stretches after my physical therapist came because I was feeling sorry for myself. I'm like, it hurts. I can't stand up Remember my knee and I can't go down the stairs. And so, and I'm sitting here going, man, I, you know, I wish I would have talked to you a year ago, <laughs> so you, you could have motivated me to get up, and it took it took time. But I'm I'm absolutely amazed by your your mentality on this and this whole journey. So I think it's amazing, and I hope everyone that's listening, I hope you're rethinking the, you know, the the strength that it takes to to do anything in life. I think we need to listen to him and realize that gosh, just, just everything that you're saying, like, I, I need to write it all down again, because I'm going, I, I can't keep up, but I just think it's amazing, so I, I really, I appreciate, I appreciate you as a person, because, man, I really did, I really should have met you two years ago. <laughs> I well, think it... I think we all go through our own suffering journey differently, and I think a lot of it comes down to if we can practice our self-awareness, and our yeah. emotional intelligence, and be able to dig that bit deeper, I kind of think that in some ways it, it actually became something that for me forced me outside of my comfort zone yeah. and made me grow as a man, as a father, as a husband. And yet some of the people I was there treated alongside and you start to see the same people on the same appointments as they go through the journey with you. Yeah. And some of them have still got the head down, still blaming the world, still feeling like they're suffering. And Everyone has to come to the wrong point in this. And it doesn't help sometimes with some of the medical staff not being overly positive, not being so careful with the language that they use. Because 
if they say certain things about your recovery or, or word things a certain way, they can put limits on you about how well you think you can recover. And that's something as well. Words matter so much when you're, trying, when you're in that recovery position. And I had a consultant who was positive about my outcomes. And that, again, is fuel when you're struggling that other people believe you can get back on your feet, that they can see that you try and that they're encouraging you. And again, it just comes from that place of having that corner of care, having people that are almost like a team pulling you on when you can't pull yourself through. And for so many people, you don't always have that, but it's just having that little bit of support to just help you start to turn that wheel of blame and fear to look at things. Actually, there's an opportunity here. It's it's almost that mindset where when it hit me, it felt bad, but I very quickly turned that threat into a challenge. And so many obstacles hit us on our journey. We have to make sacrifices along the way. And I just feel that I was lucky enough to kind of have had those mental health issues and had that redundancy because it gave me that little bit of, I've already managed to bounce back so I can do it again. You're, you're so right. I, I, you know, I had, I had a couple of doctors tell me I'll never be able to run again. But in my, so in my mind, I'm like, oh man, I'm never going to be able to run again. So why do I even try? But there's also that part of me who feels like I need to prove it to myself that I can. So I'm going to try. So it was hard to hear that because it completely changes your whole mindset thinking I'm never going to run, but I'm going to run and I'm going to work on it. And I'm going to try. <laughs> So, uh, I, yeah, I just, you know, listening to you say that, I was thinking, yeah, you know what? They do. They, you, you go to these medical uh, professionals to, you know, be evaluated, but you also want to hear some positive things. You don't want to hear that you're never going to be able to do this again. Because, you know what, maybe you can, and you keep, you keep working at it. So, yeah, not going to stop me. So, I also, you also... Um, Thank you for listening to the Truths We Hide podcast, created and founded by your host, Annette, the founder of A Wild Ride Call Life. Also, a big thank you to all of our sponsors for each and every episode that is aired. We have so much support from them and all of our listeners. You can find more information at www.awildridecalllife.com. You also present a health and well-being show on a radio station. Yeah, so it's it's a local radio sta- local radio station close to me, and it's just the ability for me to speak to local people, not only about my journey, but just bringing up topical areas around health and around well-being. They can just take in a few of my insights and possibly use them because on my own journey to become better I mean I got this disease for the rest of my life but what I've actually done is I've worked on my sleep and I've worked on my nutrition and I've worked on my movement and spent years experimenting Mm -hmm. and as of next week I'll take my last dose of medication and I'll be controlling my disease by lifestyle alone and that is from years of documenting when I eat things how it makes me feel what energizes me what can I tolerate what drains me, what sets my inflammation off, 
and working out where is the best time for me to sleep, my sleep environment and optimizing that, building a routine around sleeping well and finding out how much I can move, what I can do at the gym, which exercises that I can do that I'm not paying for, but also making sure that I don't do too much, but Mm -hmm. don't do so little that I become stiff and put myself at risk of being unfit and just optimizing that and constantly testing like I almost have like a I put a lab coat on in my head and I'm like right this is an experiment I'm back at I'm back in the lab at school I'm doing (laughs) some science get the data and crunch it and yeah that's actually led to the fact that now I'll be taking my last dose medication next week and with my consultant I should be able to control it hopefully for the rest of my life without taking any medication because the medication is it dampens your immune system so you don't attack yourself it's toxic stuff it's really not very nice and for me in the long term being off that is much healthier if I can do that by controlling it myself then what can other people do that are already well yeah if they do that they can get to levels of performance health and happiness that were they felt maybe were out of their reach but just takes that bit of experimenting because in so many ways we're all bio-individual so we all have our own genetic expression and our own microbiome and we are completely individual so one person's meal plan sleep schedule that's for them doesn't might not work for you probably won't do because you're completely your own footprint your own fingerprint and it does change and evolve over time but if you start to experiment you'll find what works for you and suddenly you'll have so much more energy to do the things that you really love doing. That's incredible. And congratulations. I, I can't imagine how exciting that must feel to get off of a medication that you can actually, you know, work on yourself without it. So that's, that's incredible. So tell us about your book, How to Conquer Anything. Yeah, so it's going to be released at the end of the year. And really, it's a, it's a bit of a deep dive into not only my own story, but also the work that I do in psychology around looking at how we can start to conquer fear, conquer anxiety, conquer certain elements of depression, but also conquer some of the things that hold us back, such as procrastination, perfectionism. And we take a look at things like addiction, and really how we have to have a lot of these negative emotions, negative thoughts, how we can start to kind of diffuse the emotion from them, start to look at them a bit more objectively, and how we can almost train ourselves to become a certain way. We can train our brain by doing things over and over again. So there's little things about fostering gratitude and looking at how we can boost our emotional intelligence and how we can cultivate a bit more willpower. And that in so many ways helps us conquer these things that can hold us back, that stop us taking action. And in so many ways, there's there's little interesting stories in there about when I was talking within the military and explaining that they needed to look at vulnerability as something that they could express. And they were like, well, we don't, we're not able to show vulnerability. We have to be brave and courageous in every situation. And I said to them, when you put yourself on the front line and you stand there with your team and someone goes down and you go there, 
you're being brave, but also you're incredibly vulnerable in that moment. You show vulnerability all the time. You just yeah. don't see it. And it's like just little stories and, and bits like that from my own experience and the people that I've spoke to. And it's all really threaded into a book that so many people come with a little bit of a toolkit for helping them to conquer the little things that are holding them back from finding their authentic selves, from opening those doors where they're afraid to. But on the other side of those doors, it's getting you close to your potential. It's that growth. It's the little things that you want. And you've just got to be that build that courage so you open it you stick your head through and then you just jump through you jump off the diving board and splash into the water and there you go there's so much there for you and there's all sorts there's things around looking at a bit a bit of psychology and a bit of philosophy and just really threading it all through and understanding that how you see challenge is really important because challenge and uncertainty are a part of what we need as humans to grow and I almost put it in that terms that if you take an oyster, it doesn't create a pearl unless a parasite comes inside, irritates it, attacks it, and then suddenly it makes a bit of treasure. And that's a bit like our failures in life. We fail, and we should fail often and fall flat on our face, get ourselves back up again, but then look back at that failure. Don't attach emotion to it. You've not failed. It's not you. You've not failed. Something has failed, but it's not you. So take that emotion away and just look at it objectively as it is. Unpick it. There's definitely lessons in there for the future, things that you probably shouldn't do again. But there's also a little bit of data what might help you in your future decisions. And then like in the oyster, there's always a tiny little pearl of treasure that will be really, really useful for you to keep with you for the rest of your life. Because from every little failure, there's a bit of treasure that you can then take forward and it'll always be with you, but it's positive, it's energy, it's shiny, and it's just every failure. If you just look at it like that and experiment and have that mindset, then that's how you kind of go through those constant failures to find your vision of success and eventually end up on your deathbed with your little pearl necklace, but not regretting the things that you didn't do and regretting the people you didn't stay in contact with and just regretting that you didn't speak your mind and be the authentic person that's inside of you. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. I'm so motivated right now. <laughs> just wanna... So where, where can people find your book then when it comes out in November? Um, so it'll be on Amazon. Okay. And what I'll do is for anyone listening, they can get a free copy of my authentic purpose ebook. And Annette will pop that in the show notes for you. And if you download that book, you can also sign up to our mailing list and you'll get a discount on the book when it's released. Perfect. That's so exciting. So where else can people find you for your consulting? Yep. So you can find me at leechambers.org and on Twitter at Essentialize and Instagram at Essentialize Coach. Perfect. I'm going to add all these to the show notes, including the link to the ebook. And oh my gosh, Lee, I'm so, I'm so honored to have met you and to have you share your story because I think this is going to change a lot of people's lives today. And I appreciate you so much. It's a privilege to be on an app and spread my story. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing everything you're going to be doing in the future.
So you yeah. have to keep us updated. Definitely. I think we'll grow on our own little pathway, changing the world together. I think so. I think so. All the best to your family. Congratulations on both your children and for your own, your own recovery. So I, I think it's amazing. Thank you, Annette. Thank you. I will talk to you soon. See you soon. Do you need to promote your business? Then podcast sponsorship is a great way to do just that. Podcast sponsorship is a great way to connect with new customers, a new audience, a new range of people who don't know about you. It is also an easy way to increase traffic to all of your social media and your website. If you need to promote your business and would like to be a sponsor of the Truths We Hide podcast, then let's connect. Head on over to a wildridecalllife.com and click on the sponsorship tab.